on today's Heart of the Faithful Ministries. We have Josie as our guest one more time, at least once. We hope for more. But right now, for this episode, we're going to talk about an event that happened in my life that was absolutely amazing and involved a uh, broken down car and a story that really broke my heart. So with that, let's go on to the next episode of Heart of the Faithful Ministries. Hey there, Josie. How are you doing? Wonderful. Good, good. Welcome back to Heart of the Faithful Ministries. It's so good to hear you. Love to hear your lovely voice. Love to hear your opinion on things. So, so Josie, this is our third episode in the series. What has this series meant to you? Is this? What are your thoughts on the series so far? Well, first thing is that listening to this hurts me to know that. You're telling me about these people out there that are in pain and that you've met, but I'm. But it hurts me to know that these people aren't just the only people out there that are in pain and are needing the Lord. And just to think about how many people are out there, it just, just It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. I'm telling you, it is really really sad the the amount of people that are hurting the amount of people that are going through uh horrible things right now especially with everything that has happened with the coronavirus and you know 2021 election stuff racial issues all of these things stem from the fact that we have forgotten as a people how to love we have forgotten how to love and because of that, we are suffering and we are not taking care of one another. We're all for ourselves. We're all for, uh, it's, it's that me mentality. I've got to take care of me and mine. And I'm not going to worry about them over there or them over there or, or anything like that. That's, uh, that's, that's, that, that, that's not me because that's not the world. The world has been hurting for a long time. It's been teaching people how to 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 be focused on themselves and to not be content with what's around them and so many different things. I mean, you've got drugs, you've got alcohol, you've got all these things that we can uh, use to try to, to, to stem down the pain. You know, uh, men and women do things that, you know, that, that, that they do to, to stem the pain down and to, to keep it, you know, it's just, it's all about wearing a mask. It really is. It's about wearing a mask because you can't really be who you really and truly are unless you have love. Love opens you and gives you the freedom, opens you up to being who you really are and gives you the freedom to be who you really are because you can't really be you if you're a slave to sin. Slave Josie might not be the best drawer like you are now. Or the best animator like you are now. You know, Slave Josie might not be able to do those things because she'd be so depressed and sad. <sighs> Wouldn't even be able to get up, change my clothes, find my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
you'd be surprised how many people are actually like that out there. Well, actually, I got that part from this song that Mar- Ellie showed me. Yeah, I know it's from, like, one of her, like, YouTubers, but it's about him being depressed, and it actually is true. And the fact that even Ellie was at that state. Yeah, exactly. But what happened, because God, he, he takes bad, and he will use it for good if you'll let him. If you'll let him use it for good, he'll use it for good. And what happened with your sister? All that bad that she went through made her a really strong Christian because her faith is now her faith. What makes her faith her faith is testimony. And she could declare that God has done this thing for me. And that's like, you know, for me, that's what I'm doing right here with you. I am declaring this is something that I witnessed. Okay, it's like going into the courtroom. And you go and you say, and, the, and the, they, they call you as a witness, say, Josie, please take the stand. And you go up there and you sit in that little stand and you're sitting there by the, the judge and the judge looks down at you and say, Josie, put your hand on the Bible and say this. I will tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. And you say that and they, they, they sit you down and they sit you down as a witness and they say, look at this man right here. And they're pointing at me and they say, this man buys too much He-Man <laughs> stuff because he's a He-Man fan. <laughs> what would you say? Would you say that's true or not? I would say it's true. Okay, would you say that you have ever... Well, let me... Okay, so I'm the lawyer now. Well, let me see here, Josie. Have you ever seen my client, your father, actually buying He-Man paraphernalia? No. You've never seen me buying any He-Man paraphernalia. I've never seen you buy it, but I have seen what you've bought. Well, you were there when I got those. Oh, wait, was that today? That was today. (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't even realize you got those. This shows the awareness of our our younger generation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, so 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 that was you would be a witness to say, yes, I saw this thing, or I've seen him with this stuff, or, or whatever it is. You are an eyewitness, and does an eyewitness tell the truth? Yes. They are testifying that this is true, okay? So for you to look at me and say, okay, well, what you experienced when you went to that church and you gave your life to Jesus Christ, if you were not a Christian, say you're a scientist or you're like a psychologist or you're someone like that. Okay, well, let's see. Let's break it all down. Well, you were depressed. You were on drugs. You were drinking. You were bad with, you know, really bad to women. You were bad. I mean, you did really bad things. You know, you were, you were like, you know, not a nice person or whatever it was, you know, all of those things when you came to Jesus Christ. All that was, was you giving all that badness up and letting go of all that bad energy. That's all it really was. You were, it was called a, a cathartic thing for you. In other words, it was something that you did that let you release all that bad energy that was inside you, all those bad thoughts and all that bad stuff. And now you're clinging to this Jesus Christ because you believe that it's a good thing. Now, is that really so bad? Not really. But if it's not real, I don't want it. I'm going to be honest with you. If it's not real, I don't want to be a Christian. 
I don't want it because being a Christian is hard. I go to work and I am ridiculed at work. I go to, you know, I, 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 I say some things and it's awkward because I don't talk that way or I'll say something and it's not really, you know, it's not really well accepted. There are things about being a Christian that make it hard. It's not easy being a Christian. But here's the beautiful thing about it. With what I just told you on the last episode, that was a pretty miraculous thing. God telling me to look in the Bible for a specific verse, which directly answered my prayers to him. And all my prayers were, I love you and thank you. Because I had just gotten done reading the book of John, right? So let's move on down the line. There was a guy who I met while I was driving down the road and the, the car broke down right there on Sugarloaf Parkway. It broke down and, it, and I was able to get it off to the side of the road and I called a tow truck. Well, I met this guy who was driving this tow truck. By this point in my life, I am an evangelist. I believe in evangelism. I tell people about Jesus Christ all the time. I'm very open with my faith. Very open with my faith. This guy, he loads the car up. He's like, hey, you were lucky. This busy, busy road. You were lucky to get this car off the road and everything. We get the car up on this trailer thing, right? And I'm like, can you please take me to my house? Because I've got no way to get home. He's like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Where where do you live? And I'm like, well, I kind of live on the other side of town. So I live all the way in Connors. And that's like a, that's a good stretch from up north. In, in, in Gwinnett County down to, to Connors where we live here. Do you want to look on the state of on the in the state of Georgia and you can see those counties. There's a pretty good pretty good stretch. Well he let me ride in the truck to get back to home to where your mom, my wife was. While we're riding down the road, we're making short talk, you know, like, yeah, yeah, where 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 are you from? Oh, I'm from I'm from around here and blah blah blah. He's like, well where where are you from? And I'm like, well you know, I'm from Georgia. I've been a Georgia native all my night, all my life. Uh, we did move for a little while, and I told him about that. But I have always been a Georgia native, so so we talked about that a little bit, and it kind of got to a lull. You know what a lull is in a conversation? What I just did there was a lull. Okay, <laughs> the the conversation just dropped. You just kind of st- oh. it's like a natural <laughs> point where the conversation just kind of stops. Like, like. So, blah, 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 and then I say something that's, like, is it like if someone says something that's kind of awkward and then everyone just. Yeah, that is kind of a lull, but (laughs) for the most part, it's kind of a, what we're talking about is like a natural lull. It's not like a, okay, I can't believe they just said that type of thing, but that can be a lull. But a natural lull in a conversation is where you're talking like this and just like, yeah, Josie, how was your day? And you go, well, my day was blah, 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 and everything, and blah, blah, blah. And and you just answer with an answer that just really kind of dies right there, you know? Well, well, there was a natural lull in the conversation, and the guy finally, you know, we're just kind of riding down. I'm kind of looking out the the window, and he's look, you know, he's he's driving this big old truck, and he he turns to me and says, "Uh, well, Mr. Howard, I need to, I just, I need to tell you something. I said, yeah, what's that? He said, well, actually, I need to ask you a question. He said, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I got the biggest smile on my face. And I said, yes, yes, I do. 
As a matter of fact, I love Jesus with all my heart. He says, well, I have made this promise that I would always, if anybody got into the cab of this truck, I would not let them get out of the cab without asking them whether they knew God or not. <laughs> and I thought that was incredible. And he proceeded to tell me this story that broke my heart. It turns out that he and his wife were huge drug addicts, like desperate drug addicts. And he was going to work trying to get any kind of job he could to support their habit and to try to eat. And honey, they had they had, had a child, a little girl. Drug addicts. Drug addict parents aren't the best parents. Yeah, well, especially in this case. He came home one day after going to work, and he, his wife was there at the place they were living, what they called a home. And he said, where's our daughter? And she wouldn't look at him. He said, honey, where is our daughter? And she said, well, I took her. We went to, to the park, and there in Piedmont Park, I saw this really, really put together, really nice looking Asian couple. And on a piece of notebook paper, I signed over our daughter. Because we can't be good parents. And he said, how could you do this? How could you do this? And he was outraged and he just, he, he was just brought to his knees and he was just so, oh my gosh. And, and he ended up leaving her and, and, and running around trying to find his daughter, going to the police, trying to find his daughter. And there's nowhere, she's nowhere to be found because this woman didn't even, I mean, she just, it's just, she's just gone. She's just gone. And he looked for years and years, he said. I said, I spent my entire life looking for her. And, and, and through that, I, I got better. But the only way I got better was because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Because I didn't need those drugs anymore, I could concentrate on working on me. He said, Ron, it was hard. It was, it was really sad. I was heartbroken. And I searched forever to try to find her. And I finally got a lead one day, years later. I think she was, I think it was 11 years later or something like that. 11 or 12 years later, he said. And he called her up. You know where she was? Where? Portland, Oregon. Do you know where that is on the map of the United States? No. It is, okay, here's Georgia, down on the bottom right-hand corner of the map of the United States, right above Florida. Portland, Oregon is the top. Oh, my gosh. No right wonder below he... a state called Washington, which is right below Canada. No wonder he couldn't find her for all those years. She was half. And she was the entire continent away from him. And he had gotten a hold of the people and they let her talk to him. And he was like, hey, baby, I've been looking for you for for all all your life. I, I'm so sorry. And blah, you're just, you're just going on and on and on. And she said, that's okay, daddy. That's okay, daddy. I just got to know one thing. One thing. He said, what's that, honey? She said, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And he broke down in tears. Because here it is. She's gone forever. And pretty much the first thing that she says to him is a question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And he said, yes, honey. Yes, I do. 
he sat there in tears. And we're driving down the road, and I'm wondering if he can even see because he's crying right there. Driving this big old truck, and I'm sitting there. My heart is broken, and my 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 eyeballs are welling up, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm welling up with tears because of this amazing story. And we continued on the road, and we talked about the great things of Jesus, the wonderful, wonderful things of Jesus, you know. But still, to this day, that story it fills me with dread because of the capacity of of a person to just give up on another person a little baby because they don't think they're good enough but god made them there's nobody in this world that's not good enough god made them they just need the direction and the love and the compassion of jesus christ in their life so i'm gonna look at you as my daughter you're never not good enough you will always, always be more than sufficient because you have God in your life. Jesus Christ is there for your salvation, but he is a part of the Godhead. His daddy, technically he, is God. Holds the entire universe together with his just as just a, the tip of his fingertip, the whole entire world is held together. All the natural laws, time, space, matter, energy, gravity, all of those things that keep us on the planet, the air that keeps us breathing, the molecules that keep us together, and the stuff that keeps the molecules together. All of that is held together just on his whim. And you are filled when you give your life to Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. The maker of the entire universe dwells in you dare to tell me that you're not good enough when you were good enough to be the temple of the living god that guy made an impact on my life as horrible as he was those were his words not mine but because of his love of jesus christ he shares a message to all those people who are out there who are hurting and who are needing something in their life and that's something the greatest thing is jesus christ so let me ask you, how does that make you feel? It honestly, it made me. First of all, it made me tear up, and second <laughs> of all, it made me feel. It made me feel that maybe I need need to go look back at the things that I've done and that I've been doing, and actually give my life to God. That's a beautiful thing, because all those years were taken away from him. But he has a relationship with his daughter again because he never gave up. And that is an illustration of how God never gives up on you, never gives up on me. And on the next episode, when we talk about how I gave up on God and the fact that he didn't give up on me. Because, yes, I know, I tell you, I love, I fell in love with Jesus and I love God and everything was all hunky-dory and it was wonderful. But there was something that happened in my life that totally destroyed my desire to have anything to do with God. And we're going to talk about that on the next Heart of the Faithful Ministries. Josie, thank you so much for being my guest host on this. May I ask one question? Absolutely. So, in the beginning, you told me that, who told me that um, you met a woman and that she left you for another man? I did. I did meet a woman, and she left me for another man. It was your mother. 
But the thing that I was confused about is that you didn't speak of her ever again. Ah, but see, we're not going in order of the things that have happened in my life. We're going in kind of an order of the natural flow of where God wants this story to go. So I'll tell you what. You want to hear about the story of your mother and I? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do that on another episode of Heart of the Faithful Ministries. Thank you so much again for being my guest, Josie Howard. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you share this. Um, Give us a good review, whatever you can do to help keep this podcast growing. We're so grateful to everyone that's out there. We're looking forward to having Sergio and some other special guests coming back onto the show. I have another special guest named David Grace. He is an amazing man who speaks to all these people in this kind of Hollywood of the state of Georgia. Thank you. And make sure you stay faithful and stay vigilant.